family-owned shop in Loganville, Sosby's Garage for all your automotive repair needs. We service all makes and models, foreign and domestic. We repair engines, alternators, brakes, alignments, AC systems, and more, using certified technicians with over 90 years of combined experience. We also offer same-day service for some repairs. Sosby's Garage, 200 Bay Creek Road in Loganville. Dependable, honest, and fair. Look us up on Google or Facebook. We'll take good care of you. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Hey, welcome everybody to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strong, the president of Paradigm Security Services. We're excited to be with you once again today on Business Radio X. We're broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, located in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. In addition to Paradigm Security Services, this show is also brought to you, as you heard the clip, by Sosby's Garage in Loganville. Be sure and give John a call there. They are in dire need. They're growing so fast of some really good, solid uh, mechanics, some senior mechanics. On every show, we feature businesses and organizations in the Atlanta area, especially those that serve Gwinnett County. While all businesses have security concerns, not all are about physical security. And we'll touch on that and other related aspects of security as we go through the course of our shows. You know, as everybody knows, the elections are coming up. We're in that, we're in that season. Uh, what a lot of people tend to forget is the really some of the most important races, like the one coming up real quick here in May 24th. Uh, and that is going to be the only one that you can vote for school board members and the runoffs, uh, uh, not runoffs, but the uh, uh, contests going on uh, between the individuals as we come up getting ready for the main election in November. So, you know, the 24th is almost as important as the main election in November, and we've got to keep that in mind. And in that direction, you know, what we try to do is we try to give people uh, a forum to get their message out. And in this case today, I am pleased to have Mr. Mark Gonsalves. And uh, he's running for U.S. congressional seat of Georgia 7, which happens to be my district. Yes. And, uh, you know... There's so much going on today that it's just a, it's crazy. Um, which, speaking of crazy, you know, who is Mark Gonzalez and <laughs> why would you, you know, where you come from, what you do, and how did you get into what you're doing now? Well, it's interesting. Uh, I certainly have never aspired to be a politician. I ran in the 2020 race when we had the old Georgia 7th District lines. Now we have new lines, which has changed the district. Uh, fairly significantly. Now it's all of Gwinnett County virtually, not all, but almost. And we also have a piece to the west in North Fulton County, Johns Creek. So that ra that makes up the new 7th Congressional District. We face a incredible period of time in our country. You'll hear as we get into the uh, nuts and bolts of this campaign, me talk about freedom a lot. Mm -hmm. And our uniquely American freedoms, Rick, They've made us the most exceptional nation the world has ever seen. And we're on the precipice of losing these freedoms. And if you talk with anybody that came here from a foreign country 
that faced true oppression or socialism or even communism, and you start listening to them, they will tell you the warning signs are here, right here in the United States of America. What they left, they're seeing now here. Ronald Reagan said it best, right? Mm -hmm. One generation away, one generation away from losing these freedoms. And the problem is, of course, is if we do, there's no place for us to go. So this is about the next generation. I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a father. I've had uh, many successes in business. I've, to answer your question, I've grown companies, built companies, turned around companies, created a number of jobs, a lot of jobs in that process. So why does a guy like me decide to put themselves forward into the political arena? It's because of the next generation. So I talk about being a representative a true representative. As a matter of fact, I'll show you about this, my little pocket constitution. So I went through here and I looked for the word representative. It's in here 37 times. Every time you see a little orange highlight, it's the word representative, 37 times. Politician, zero times, zero. So a representative being there to serve the people that got me to Washington, D.C., just as the founding fathers intended. Well, that's good because I've heard you uh, in the past talk about uh, the representative, first talk about being a representative versus being a politician and what it actually means. And, you know, I totally agree. We need people that represent us and not just talk about it and then they get into office and then they become the true politician and they do whatever is best for them. So, you know. It, well, seems, to me, it seems to me from uh, – being involved in the process now. Politicians have their focus mostly on their next election. My focus is on our next generation. So that's really the fundamentally, difference. right? That's That would be fundamentally the difference. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, you know, you kind of touched on it, but what was the final thing that actually convinced you to run for Congress? It all started in January of 2019 and there was a very small window of time. At that time, early January, we had put into place our 116th Congress. And very quickly, Rick, you'll remember this, we learned about the Green New Deal. Yep. I remember going on my computer that night, looking it up, $93 trillion in spending. We're gonna get rid of every airplane, every cow, we're gonna retrofit every building and every home by 2030. None of it made any sense. And certainly the economic debacle that it would represent for our kids made no sense at all. So that went on my radar screen right off the giddy up. Then I watched the New York State Legislature the very next day vote late and two-term abortion into law. They were all in the State House steps that day, clapping away like oh, the yeah. Yankees won the World Series, remember? Yep, I do. Yeah, and then they took the financial uh, tower and they lit it up that night like a pink popsicle, the color of your shirt today. Mm -hmm. And then the next day, it was Governor Northam from Virginia. He was on a show similar to what we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. He talked about post-term, post-term abortion, murder. Yeah. And he talked about it in very gruesome terms. He said, well, we'll keep the babies comfortable. And I'm thinking, what the heck? And then he was in the yearbook picture the very next day after that. So this all happened in literally a matter of days. And I was having dinner in our little 
breakfast nook with my wife that day and of course the media was on the TV in the background and just horrific stuff and I turned to my wife I said Donna here's the thing our country is in serious peril now I can't just continue to just sit on the sidelines and hope somebody else is going to do the job that I want done I said so I feel very emboldened to actually put myself into this arena to see if I can actually make a difference. I don't know if I'll be able to win. I don't know if I'll be able to really make a difference, but I just can't sit on the sidelines expecting somebody else to do the work that desperately needs to get done. And that's what that's was the start. And here we are, you know, we, we've gone through a pandemic. We've gone through a collapse of the stock market and the job loss that was incredible uh, in early 2020, 2022 different unit of time, a different administration in power. They're 0 for 15, 15 months I'm talking about, right? I can't can't give you, Rick, a single example from this administration that clearly was for the betterment of the people or the betterment of our nation. 0 for 15. This is just beyond the pale. No, I totally agree. It's just been, uh, and it's unfortunate because you want to root, even if they're not in your party, you want to root for them to succeed and have a good good job done. Exactly. It's all in our best interests. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but it's disaster after disaster after disaster. Yeah. I mean, Afghanistan really was the showcase to oh, yeah. the ineptitude of the administration. Yeah, and it's we been would all agree with ever that. Since. Right. And then people ask about the Ukraine and Russia. I'm just telling you from my vantage point we have to use diplomacy there diplomacy 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 because they haven't proven that they can get anything right so if we do create a conflict the ramifications in a nuclear age would be is so dangerous right so uh yeah yeah i see both sides of that and it just it's it's scary it is you got got taiwan on the other side and you know hey we remember world war ii we had a a pacific theater and we had a european European theater theater. and here we may be right back again except we'll put a three instead of the ww after the ww why would someone want to vote for you over anyone else i i think it really comes down to a sober thinker who has the ability to critically think take on the hard issues i have an accounting degree I understand what a balanced budget looks like. No, you and it, my wife. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, isn't that awesome? CPA. Yeah. So I look at business like I look at running the federal government. First of all, we all agree it's much too large. That's part of the problem. I believe very much in smaller government and this uh, unlimited spending that we're bankrupting our children. Think about this. Thirty and a half trillion dollars of debt now that we're going to hand to the next generations debt that they did not create a form of taxation to our children without their representation huh where did i hear that one before (laughs) right so this is it's unconscionable and why aren't we having this conversation in congress why i don't i don't propose to have the answer to 30 trillion in debt but I do think that we need to elevate it to a level of conversation to create meaningful debate in Congress so that the people who are paying all these bills get a sense, okay, they understand the magnitude of the problem, and now they're trying to work 
the problem. And, you know, I, do you like uh, movies at all? You yes. Like, yeah, so you remember the movie Apollo 13? Oh, absolutely. Right, so they're in the control center. Right? I guess it was Houston. Mm-hmm. So they're in the control center, and, of course, all hell is breaking loose. And the very sober thinker, he says, we're going to work the pro- We're going to ID the problem. We're going to work the problem. And we're not going to make it worse by guessing. Do you remember that? That's yes, a pretty good formula. And what we do is we guess all over the place in Washington, D.C. That's how we end up with unintended consequence after unintended consequence after unintended consequence. And the good people of our country are paying an incredible price. Look at this inflation, $5,200 this year mm-hmm. in additional cost thanks to the Biden inflationary spiral that we're on. More than two-thirds of the families don't have $1,000 of liquidity. How are they going to absorb $5,200? This is is stuff that needs to be talked about because their credit card debt is off the charts now. So at what point do they, they literally have no money left and no access to any sort of money? Well, the way it's going right now, they'll just want to forgive all that debt. Well. And then let everybody else pay for it. I think the uh, test case is student loans, right? Exactly. Yeah, and uh, I'm well, not, Harvard in, fa- right I'm not now, in favor of that. Harvard right now is what, talking about, what, $10 billion or something to, for, to spend on some stuff. And, you know, they could take that $10 billion and completely pay off all that debt that they're so worried about paying off for people. Mm-hmm. And, you know... It just it's crazy the way they've got this thing re- it's stru- structured where the, it doesn't even make sense. You got uh, and also you know since you're running for Congress, I'll mention this. Yeah. We got uh, several trillion dollars that they were that, you know it just came out and they were talking about that it's just total absolute garbage that they're that they're approving payments for and approving you know what was it how to how to make lobsters more sexy or something you know i don't know what it did but there are so much stuff there that is just total spend for no reason and we're talking about all of those trillions of dollars on top of the uh inflation that we've got right now you know think what all that stuff that they approved would be worth if it was put into good use or maybe not spent not spent Exactly. I had a person tell me recently, they, they say, came over to me, and they know I'm very fiscally conservative. We used to be the party, by the way, yeah. of fiscal conservatism. Once upon a time. Whatever happened to those And that ideals. list, by the way, is both Republican and Democrat spending that crap. Exactly right. So he came over, he said, Mark, this is insane. They're, tra- they're spending money up there like a bunch of drunken sailors. And we've all heard that phrase, right? I said, wait a minute, time out for a second. That's very disrespectful to to the drunken sailors because at least the drunken sailors, they earn the money that they blow. That's different what goes on in Washington, D.C. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Well, what qualities, if you're the person that's there, what qualities are you going to bring to D.C.? that you think can really make a difference and and i do mean make a difference yeah in what's going on when i talk about freedom i talk a lot about economic freedom mm-hmm. right our our economy right now thanks to one stroke of a pen rick think about this one stroke of a pen day one of the biden administration in a stack of 37 executive orders that day one stroke of a pen it took care of 
are energy independence. Absolutely. Shutting down the Keystone Pipeline, putting handcuffs on our fracking and coal industry. And then we see what's gone on in the Eastern European theater now. Now, instead of being energy independent and having a sense of national security that comes from that, now what we do is we take our money and we send it to adversaries that really do not like us. Does that make any sense at all? So we literally are fueling now the Russian war machine with the money that we spend to access their oil at $100 a barrel. Absolutely. Well, and not only that, but you, you've got so much of this stuff that's being spent that way that when, the, when they turned off the spigots here, that it absolutely put us so far behind that now we're, we're – I think what the, the liberal mindset doesn't seem to get is they're, they're all about green this and green that and, and environment this. We had the cleanest of any of the energies in any of the world. Correct. And now we want to go get this trash from Venezuela, the, the stuff from the Saudi – uh, I mean, from other countries that are nowhere as clean, it ups the number of gallons used of the unclean fuels and reduces the cleaner fuels, which we produce, plus makes us hostage. That's the key word. And I've been to China. I lived in Saudi Arabia for two years. I have a global perspective, which is part of the answer to your question as mm-hmm. far as the qualities that I bring. You go to China and you see the level of pollution there, to your point, right? They're building coal factories like nobody's business while we are determined to shut our clean coal industry down. We want to shut it down. It's crazy. It makes no sense. Um, Now, I know you stand on a freedom first platform, Mm -hmm. but why and what does that that truly mean? Yeah. Freedom first, these uniquely American freedoms that have made us the most exceptional nation on the planet, as I had said earlier, it's economic freedom. We've touched on a little bit with energy. You know, when I ran in 2020, I took a phone call from a constituent. She said, Mark, I'm doing my homework on the candidates. I have one question for you. I said, sure. I said, I don't have all the answers, but I'll help you the best (laughs) I can. She said, "Uh, I have a small children's clothing store. She said, now it's closed because of this virus. I have no idea when it will reopen. I don't even know if I ever will reopen it. She says, so here's my question. She said, my whole life savings is tied up into this thing. We've never made a profit. We just started finally seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. Now I'm shut down. I look out my window in my living room and I watch my neighbor's kids pile into their SUV, drive down the road, go to the Walmart, and come back with bags of children's clothes for their kids. Mm-hmm. So how come they can do that and not go to my store? I said, well. Damn good question. I said, Here, here's the thing. I have the answer for you, and I'm sure it's not the one you want to hear. We decided in Washington, D.C. to pick winners and, and losers. losers. And the bigs are going to get bigger, and the smaller businesses like yourself unfortunately going to pay a very big price and boy did i turn out to be prophetic because the big companies now in the last two years they've doubled their size absolutely while 60 percent of the small businesses shut down never to reopen and we've had a drain of 25 percent on the small side so sometimes people ask me rick gee you know mark what kind of committees would you like to be on and, of course, there's always uh, the high-profile ones that everybody talks about, the uh, 
appropriations committee, ways and means, or what? No, that that's not what I aspire to. What I aspire to is being on the small business committee. Awesome. Because I've taken small businesses. One went public on the NASDAQ exchange. We were the fourth fastest growing company in North America in four years. That was incredible. Absolutely. Then another company, we uh, revolutionized that brand, uh, my intellectual work there. And that company got sold to private equity for over half a billion dollars. I know how to take a small business and turn it into something much more. That creates an incredible amount of jobs, lots and lots and lots of opportunity, many of which are very well-paying jobs as well. So my ambition right now is being controlled by a Democrat who I don't think they could balance their checkbook, never mind be able to stimulate a small business. So we've got to reduce the regulation load on small business. We've got to allow small business to have access to capital so that we create more of the balance in our free market system of capitalism. What's happened is it's gone, it's gone literally, the teeter-totter has gone way up to crony capitalism. Absolutely. And I got to tell you, when you see the teeter-totter so far out of balance, that middle area, Rick, Anybody wants to know why Bernie Sanders became popular with the kids? The kids look at that middle area. They go, this crony capitalism, this isn't right. This doesn't smell right to me. Maybe mm -hmm. there's a better way. And, you know, capitalism, free market capitalism, it's not a perfect system, right? Absolutely. It's messy. It gets messy at times for sure. But in the end, it will work itself out. Correct. And just point to me any other system that created prosperity to the degree that we created in the United States of America in the timeline that we created in the United States of America. We've lifted more people out of poverty than any nation ever created. And these freedoms that I want to get more into, these are your God-given freedoms. God-given. Our country, one nation under God. This is a fundamental principle. I think of John Adams. He said it so beautifully. He said, our Constitution is made for a moral and religious people. It's wholly inadequate for the governance of anyone else. And if you really dissect that quote and say, okay, as a nation, where are we really? on the scale of morality? Where are we really on the scale of religiosity? I have to tell you, those numbers are not high mm -hmm. on that scale. And we wonder why we have so much turmoil, so much strife, why we've lost so much wealth. Yep. I think we can look back to our founding fathers. They left so many clues, so many clues, so many warning signs, kind of like Eisenhower, right, with the military-industrial complex. Well, guess what? We've got a med medical-industrial complex now. We've got a banking-industrial complex. Yeah. We've got forces that have created big tech. How about, how about Elon Musk yesterday? Wow. I tell you what, I, I absolutely love what's going on right there, and I just hope that it works out the way that everybody anticipates it working out. I'm going to um, be super optimistic. Yes. But time will, time will tell, right? Time will tell. But our freedom of speech is such a critical, critical freedom. It's, uh, think of it this way. America has always been a battle of ideas. May the best idea win. That's what allowed us to propel so quickly, right? Not the loudest idea, the but best, the best idea. Right? So what we've done in this big tech complex is with progressives running the show, 
what they've done is allowed one idea to come forth to the detriment, the censorship of the opposing view, including, by the way, a sitting president of the United States of America, mm-hmm. banned for life. So you hear one idea to the exclusion of the other idea. This is very dangerous. So isn't this interesting? I've been saying this for months. Imagine, imagine if big tech was controlled by conservatives and we were censoring the progressive ideas. The progressives would be going bananas. Where, where are we as conservatives in this we Mm -hmm. haven't we haven't made our voice known and we haven't done anything that is capable of being able to to rectify this elon musk with one giant check took it on his own shoulders so that's why i'm so optimistic and now look it's been less than 24 hours and we've got the other side already complaining I'm like, wait a minute, you still control the vast majority of big tech and, you, and you're complaining about this? You watch MSNBC, CNN, look at the Washington Post, the New York Times. I mean, come on. You're not upset. They're, they've gone completely bananas on it. Exactly. Uh, it's cra- I, I, I watched one description where they were interviewing somebody who said, think about it if you did this and you were able to block one party totally or their candidates or whatever – or you had the party that wanted to turn stuff up and wanted to turn the other person down. A absolute perfect description of what happened in the run-up to the election with Trump, with exactly. the Biden uh, laptop and all of that. Turned down, you shut up, you put him off the... I mean, that is a, he, he should have known how to describe it. They've been doing it for quite a while. Exactly right. So, and, you know, here's the thing. Both parties are, are guilty of bad acting, right? We'd both agree on that over the years. Oh, yeah. But no one's paying a price for the bad acting, Rick. No one's paying a price. So let me ask you a question. If you were a criminal and you never had to pay a price, would you eventually come to the point in time where you say, you know what, I really, I'm not going to be a criminal anymore. I'm just going to stop. Or well, do you think, you know what, I'm not only not only getting away with it, but I could probably do greater and greater crimes this is what goes on without anybody paying a price. We need to have people pay a price so that the bad actors understand there's a consequence. Right now, there's no consequence. My, and answer, that's to change. Your, my answer to your question would be, look at the West Coast right now. Look at Chicago. Look at New York. You are seeing exactly that. They, uh, that is it. You know, one of the things you mentioned was poverty. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you stop, if people just take step back and look, what is the poverty level of people in the United States versus the poverty level when you get into, for lack of a better term, third world countries mm-hmm. or out of it? Mm-hmm. You know, what we have as poverty, they consider rich and, you know, upper middle class. So, you know, people just, they forget where this country has gone and taken them, how much it's, it's, it's better than other places and they just pass it by. Our responsibility is not only to keep our nation safe, but it's also to create an environment of opportunity, a fair playing field for that opportunity. I remember being a CEO of a company, it wasn't all that long ago, and I had a new employee that worked for the company. She was working in our production area. And my management style is, I'd call it management by walking around, right? I'd yeah. go in the production, go back to my office and, you know, random times just to see how we were performing, how we were doing. 
So she had been there a couple of weeks, and I was watching her behaviors. She was fastidious. She had a smile on her face. She wasn't looking at her telephone. She had a lot of really very good attributes. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, she's got potential here. Well, the very next week, Tuesday morning, she comes into my office, and she says, uh, Mark, I just want you to let you know that Friday's my last day. I said, oh, my gosh. I said, Are you, did you get another opportunity that uh, is closer to home or something that you thought was better? She says, no, 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 no. She says, now that I'm working, she said, my subsidy for my rent has disappeared and some of the other entitlements are going away. So I actually make less money working here. So I need to go back to, in essence, my former life. I said, I understand exactly what you're saying. I said, but will you give me a minute? to give you something to consider that I really want you to think on. I want you to sleep on it and then come back to my office tomorrow and we can have a conversation. Would that be fair? She said, yeah, that would very be fair. I said, you're saying that I'm, we've got you being paid here and the government can provide you a bit more so you're just above that. I said, but you're so new. I said, I'm watching you. Everybody likes you. You've got a future here. You're a hard worker. I said, and I don't know how quickly it will happen. It might be two months from now. It might be three months from now. It might be six months from now. But you're going to bump over where you're at, and then you would just keep going. And this is based on you. This is based on your ability to be able to self-actualize as a person. I said, the government will never give you that opportunity. Exactly. I said, so I hope you hear me on this. I, I really, I truly hope you hear me on this because I really do like you and I really want you to stay here. But I can't pay you immediately more because I have a business that I'm responsible for and then our economic model breaks down. Mm-hmm. But you keep doing what you're doing and I can promise you, you've got a future. We're a growing company. Came in the next day, Rick. Friday's my last day. Jeez. That's just people can't broke my see, heart. People can't see beyond that first quarter, first it, fifty cents. It broke my heart. Um, getting close here, I wanted to ask you a couple more questions. What mistakes do you think that voters make in picking the candidates they vote for? Because there's a lot of candidates sure. out there. You know, a lot of times it comes down in these races to dollars and cents instead of common sense, right? So the candidate that has the most resources can push their message forward, and the person with less resources can't get their message out in front of the public. So that, to me, is a failing of the system. Matter of fact, you know, I love sports. I'm sure you probably do as well. Look at the salary caps and what it's done to be able to try to provide more of a balance within these leagues and organizations. Mm -hmm. Imagine if we could do something like that in these races so now the playing field would be more uh equal for the candidates they're wonderful word equitable yeah yeah (laughs) so (laughs) you'd end up being able to say okay out of the candidates i really do have about the same amount of information for each and now i can make an informed decision we're putting too many people in my opinion through the primary that aren't necessarily the best candidate right Mm-hmm. And that hurts us. That's why a person goes there and you think, okay, that's the person that is carrying our party's uh, flag. And then they become very inconsequential. If you they look make back a lot on of the noise. primary. They make a lot of noise. They, they make more noise than the other people. Right. People get the message out more than the other people. But 
Sometimes it's just the message someone wrote. Exactly right. Well, you know, when you look at the the Georgia 7 race, mm-hmm. how do you feel about it? I feel very good about it. I just uh, received over the weekend the uh, overwhelming endorsement, uh, thankfully, from the Gwinnett County Republican Assembly. Fantastic. And I love the assembly. You know, Rod Reagan loved the Republican Assembly. So to me, uh, that was very uh, gratifying because what they stand for is very much what I would stand for. Yeah. And then to answer your question more broadly, we have five candidates on this ballot. Uh, I'm the one that had run before, so I would like to feel that there are a number of people that uh, looked at my candidacy in 2020 and thought it was a bona fide candidacy, and now I have an opportunity to finish what I started in 2020. We have other other candidates that are well-intended as well. I just Mm -hmm. feel like if you looked at it uh, on paper, you would say, okay, who's the person that really has the best track record Given this moment in time, I, I think most people would point their finger at at my candidacy. Well, I hope you're right, and I wish you luck. But if people want to get out and help you, I mean, the time is running short Yeah, on this part of it. Yeah, but there's a long way to go to November. Right. So if people want to get out here and help you, maybe donate to your campaign mm-hmm. or give of their time, how would they get in touch with you? What's the best ways? Well, the website certainly can give them a lot more information on me. It's mark4georgia.com, and we do spell out the word for, F-O-R, mark4georgia.com. And uh, my cell phone is right on my website, so uh, <laughs> they can pick up the phone and call me as well, and we can have a discussion. So uh, early voting starts May 2nd, yep. and the primary day is May 24th. So a person could vote in the primary from May 2nd to May 20th, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day, including Sunday, and then the 24th. I uh, don't know how anyone could possibly label us as somehow suppressing anybody's vote. That's that's just a ridiculous – it just shows how inflammatory, right? It's just an inflammatory point that has no basis in substance. It's just like don't say gay bill. Good point. Uh, it's It's what you say. It's not necessarily what's true. Right. Well, you know, as I, I'll emphasize one more time before I get off here, that voting is important. May 24th is very important. November is very important. But even more important maybe than the voting is to vote informed, or at least as important. But if you don't know who you're voting for, don't vote for who your daddy votes for, your mama, your cousin. We've always done it this way, whatever. Mm-hmm. Get out there and listen to where people stand. Listen to what they're after, what their ideas are. And let's put the idea forum out there and have a, a debate on ideas rather than a debate on personalities. And, and I would just conclude by saying, as a conservative, most conservatives would say America first. Absolutely. But without our uniquely American freedoms first. There is no America first. Our economic freedom, our medical freedom, our freedom to associate and assemble, and the one we talked about at some length, our freedom of speech. To me, it's the cornerstone. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you again for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services and in part by Sosby's Garage. Be sure to join us for live broadcasts every other Wednesday at 11.30 p.m. I mean, 11.30 a.m. here on Business Radio X. If you miss the live broadcast, no worries. You can join and enjoy the show. 
anytime you want by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and of course, click on Case in Point. The program is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or really wherever you enjoy your favorite podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to Case in Point. Please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our future episodes. Again, for my guests, Mark Gonsalves, and our producer, Mike, I am Rick Strawn. And remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets. <laughs>